are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks to both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And yes, I, I know I don't post on Instagram enough. I got to get back into the grind of things. So hopefully, I can start posting on Instagram more pretty soon. But on today's pod, what are we talking about? We're going to play a little game of stock up, stock down for D-backs players after their 2021 season. We're going to be starting with the position players going around the infield. We'll probably do outfielders tomorrow, I'm thinking. So just want to play a little game of stock up, stock down, see where we are with these players after their 2021 season. So it's going to be a fun pod, a jam-packed pod, uh, I guess more simpler pod today, not coming at you with any intense insight, I guess, or any hard-breaking news with free agency or anything like that. We're just having a nice, simple, fun pod today, looking back at the 2021 season and whether the stock is pointing upwards or downwards for some of these D-backs players. So we're going to be jumping into the pod, but first... Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I will not be doing this podcast without you because you are the ones that listen, subscribe, share, review, doing all that jazz so I can do this podcast for you. So thank you. But now let's jump into that Locked on Diamondbacks podcast hosted by me. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Miller Thomas of Locked On Dimeback still here, and we're going to play a little game of stock up, stock down. Want to first start with the first baseman, and let's take a look at Christian Walker coming off a season where he batted 244, 696 OPS, 10 home runs in only 115 games. And I got to say, the arrow for Christian Walker is pointing downwards currently. Offensive numbers took a dip in 2021, was one of the best power hitters on the D-backs in 2019 and 2020, but not in 2021 because in case I haven't told you, I am sure I did, but the D-backs didn't finish with one player on their roster at the end of the season with at least 15 home runs. They still had Eduardo Escobar. They would have shattered that because, of course, I think Eduardo Escobar had like 30-something home runs. Quetzal Marte, if he played a full season, I'm sure he would have. He had 14 home runs in 90 games, so he definitely would have cracked 15 in 130 games, 140, 150 games, whatever it is. But Christian Walker could not get that many home runs, could not get to 20. 
20, 25 home runs, mostly because of injuries for Christian Walker. Only played 115 games in 2020. His hard contact rate numbers took a huge dip. In 2019, 2020, this was a guy whose hard hit percentage was above 45%. Crazy exit velocity. All the hard contact, all the hard contact numbers told you he was one of the best on the team and one of the best power hitters power sluggers according to the numbers in the league at least when you look at the advanced metrics but that wasn't the case for him in 2021 and most of it can be explained by injuries because he was dealing with a lot of oblique injuries and considering when you swing you turn your body and that's mainly your oblique so it's no wonder to see why he struggled in that area but either way You have to consider the injuries a concern as well. He's entering his early 30s. Even though he's not old, he's still entering his early 30s. He should be coming back next season because he's arbitration eligible. And I I just think the the, the arrow is pointing downwards for Christian Walker because just the last two years, he hasn't been that great offensively. His hard contact numbers were still good in 2020, but the home runs were not there. And then this season, the home runs aren't there and the hard contact numbers aren't there either. So arrow pointing downwards right now for a Christian Walker. Next up, Seth Beer. And I got to say, I believe Seth Beer's stock is trending upwards. He didn't play a lot in 2021. He only had a, he had a quick cup of coffee, as some would say. Four hits, though, in nine at-bats with three, with three RBIs and one home run. Dude really imp- impressed at the plate right away. Seth Beer looked like an offensive superstar in the making. I mean, it took this guy no time to be ingratiated to the major league level. This guy came out the minor league levels on fire. And again, it was still only four hits and nine at-bats. It felt like 20 hits and 25 at-bats with the way uh, he was swinging it when he was here. But still, didn't play a lot. In the small time he did play, I thought he looked really good uh, offensively. Playing time might depend on the universe with DH next season. Because let's remember, the only reason why Seth Beer didn't get more playing time is because It took him a while to make it to the major league levels, and that was because of his defense. A lot of people say this guy can't play first base defensively until they bring the DH in. Like, they don't want this guy anywhere near first base, and you got to see a glimpse of it this season because as soon as they put Seth Beer at first base, he had a season-ending injury. So, as good as he was in his short sample size, we didn't see more because he's terrible defensively and his defensive uh, liability issues caused him to get injured like that everyone said he can't play first defensively as soon as the D-backs tried it he got hurt so they're gonna need to find a way to get this guy playing time next year and I think it's gonna have to come through the way of the universal DH but if he does play I don't know 100 games next season I think he could be a secret weapon offensively for this team he's not gonna play a lot of first defensively he'll probably mainly be a DH if they bring that back but what we've seen from this guy in his short spurt during the major league level this season and what we've seen from this guy in the minors because Seth Beer let's not forget this dude has raked on the minor league level the last couple years so with some other guys who are about to talk about struggling offensively at first we already knew we already know Christian Walker this past season struggle at first Watch out for Seth Beer to make a, a potential impact next season. It all depends on the playing time. But right now, I would say Seth Beer's stock is trending upward. Now, that guy who I want to talk about whose stock might be trending downward and could 
potentially lose playing time to Seth Beer at first base, depending on if the D-backs want to try that guy at first base again, is Paven Smith. And don't get me wrong, Paven Smith is a friend of the pod. The first D-backs player I've had on this pod, I got a soft spot in my heart for Paven Smith. But right now, even though he's considered more of an outfielder, I'm putting him on as a first baseman just because that's his natural position. But it is a problem wherever he plays first base or outfield because Right now, it doesn't seem like the D-backs are going to play Paven Smith at first base over a Christian Walker. And they might be more enamored with the offense ability of Seth Beer. So that just leaves two guys for a log jam at first base. And it's going to be tough to crack first base Paven Smith if you're just looking at their at-bats. If you're just looking at their potential offensively. Of course, defensively, Paven Smith offers you more than Seth Beer. But offensively, I'm not even sure if it's close. And then... Paven Smith is kind of a defensive liability in the outfield. Like, go look at fan graphs. Go look at their defensive metrics that they have. Paven Smith is considered one of the worst across the board for this D-backs team in 2021. So, I don't like to see that. Despite being a great contact hitter and not striking out, Paven Smith is just not dynamic enough offensively or defensively i'm not sure if he's a long-term option at first base or the outfield he has a really low obp doesn't have big slugging numbers and i love paven smith i love his personality he's still a pretty good overall hitter batted like 267 which is solid uh uh you know, which is just solid. That's all you can say. I thought I was going to add more there, but honestly, it's just solid. That's all you can say with 267 average. I like Paven Smith, but right now, I don't think he's a long-term option for the D-backs. Maybe a short-term option. I think he'll be there in 2022, but if the D-backs are a playoff team in 2025, 2026, do I realistically see Paven Smith on this team? Probably not. So right now, Paven Smith's stock is trending downward. Now we'll get to third base and stock up, stock down for those players and shortstops as well, of course. But this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered for all the holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. And it's just not football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Mm, bet online, stuffed. That's what you like to hear. Let's get back into the pod and let's do a little stock up, stock down, continue doing it for the position players on the Arizona Diamondbacks. And now let's transition to third base. And this guy I want to talk about is Andrew Young, who uh, these next couple, it's a little bit tougher to decide if their stock is up or his stock is down because they just didn't get a ton of playing time for the D-backs in 2021. There's some guys on this list who I'm like, how did they even get that much playing time? But these next couple guys... Didn't get that much, and that is, and I'm first starting with Andrew Young, who I just mentioned. I think his stock is up heading into next season. He only had 19 at-bats in 2020, but in those 19 at-bats, or in 2021, excuse me, I'd be 
confusing all the years together. But only 19 at-bats last year. Or, excuse me, only 91 at-bats last year. 19 hits in those 91 at-bats for a 209 average. So you look at that, you say, ah, not really a hitter. But he had six home runs on the season in 91 at-bats. And that's really where the magic happened for Andrew Young. It, it felt like every time he was at the plate, he got a home run. Mostly at the start of the season because there was some streak where he was like four for a six at-bats. He had a home run. So uh, I don't think that will continue if he got a bigger role. But... There's some question marks with him defensively, but right now there's a big hole for the D-backs at third base. And considering his slugging power profile, the D-backs might give him a look in spring training. I don't think he was terrible for the D-backs in 2021. So because of that, I'm going to say his stock is up. Next up is Drew Ellis, and this is just another one of those guys who it is hard to determine if his stock is up or his stock is down. But I'm going to have to say stock down for Drew Ellis because... In 69 at-bats, haha, wink, wink, he only had nine hits with 27 strikeouts. The man struck out three times as many times as he did get a hit. Three times as many times, tripled the amount of times he struck out to getting a hit, a three-to-one ratio. Even I can do that math. That is not good for Drew Ellis. Just didn't show enough at the plate. He's going to turn 26, which is not too old at all. We'll be entering his prime, I guess, if you want to say that. But his hard hit percentage was only at 26%. His exit velocity was only at 82 miles an hour. Doesn't give me much hope for his future when I look at those hard contact rate numbers. He might get a look at third in spring training because just like I said with Andrew Young, there's a hole at third base right now. Maybe if he has a hot spring training, the D-backs say, yeah, why not? F it. Let's give it to Drew Ellis and see what he can do to start the season. But again, caution, spring training. Don't put too much stock into spring training. This is a Cree, an affirmation I need you guys to remind me of next season after spring training. Because last year, I was like, man, did you see J.B. Briscockis in spring training? I think he struck out like 17 of 22 batters or whatever the numbers were. He looked phenomenal. Corbin Martin looked phenomenal. Now I sit back after the 2020 season. We'll get to them probably later in the week. Stock up, stock down. But if I had to do it, their stock is down after the 2020 season excuse me, after the 2021 season because they did not perform in the regular season like I thought they were after watching them in this after watching them in spring training. So that's just a reminder, spring training, don't put that much stock into it. Even though we're playing stock up, stock down, don't put that much stock into spring training because at the end of the day, it's just practice. So Drew Ellis, he might get a shot in spring training. He might have a hot spring training in the D-backs, might give him a chance because of it. But remember, don't put too much stock into spring training because it's just practice at the end of the day. Now, let's move on to shortstop. Throat getting a little dry. Might have to catch a quick sip of water. We'll see. I'll keep powering through for now. But let's move on to shortstop. Nick Ahmed, I think I'm going to say his stock is down and is actually a pretty resounding stock is down for me. It's pretty unanimous. I, I took, I deliberated with the panel of people uh, me, myself, and I, and we came to the conclusion, the unanimous conclusion, that the stock is down for Nick Ahmed because he's going to be 32. He's entering his early 30s. His OBP was 280 in 2021. 280. That's below his career OBP of 291. 291 for your career is already, I want to be nice, but that's garbage. To think that it was even worse than that in 2021, 280? 
His 619 OPS was the worst since 2016. His strikeout percentage has rose the last two years while his hard hit percentage and his exit velocity has declined the last three years. Don't get me wrong, Nick Ahmed, great defensive player, but he's already a liability offensively. And that was coming into the season. Now he's getting worse offensively as the years are going on. And defensively, he's starting to show a couple slips, a couple cracks. He looked really not that good in 2020 defensively. He looked back to being the Nick Ahmed uh, of old defensively in 2021. Still maybe a third of a step slower than he used to be, but still one of the best defensive shortstops in all baseball. But none of that matters to me. I'm okay with a defensive shortstop if he's just a platoon guy off my bench. But the D-backs rely on Nick Ahmed to be in everyday shortstop and everyday player in their lineup and that's where i draw the line that's where i have my biggest issue nick ahmed should not be in any lineups because of how atrocious he is offensively he should be a platoon player at this point of his career so stock is down for me on nick ahmed now last but not least we have Geraldo perdomo and for me, the stock is up, but this one was uh, a tough one to decide. I think you could have gone. I think you could have gone either way with Perdomo, but I think I'm gonna go stock is up because I think that's the right way to move with him. He wasn't great in 2020, but I don't think he was bad. I think he definitely showed flashes on the major league level. He had pretty good command of the strike zone, six walks and 31 at bats, and also four extra base hits and 31 at bats. So pretty much a third of the time, he was very productive, giving you either a, a extra base hit or getting on base via walk. His double A numbers weren't that impressive in 2021, but still, he at least got promoted to AAA. AA wasn't that pretty for him, but in three games in AAA, he had five hits and 12 at-bats. Of course, a super small sample size, but overall, Perdomo, I, I've seen... I've seen some clips, some highlights of him, and of course, I've seen what he did on the major league level in 2021. It wasn't a huge sample size, but his numbers going back to the minor leagues in 2019 were pretty good. They weren't as good in AA this year, but considering there was no minor league season in 2020, I'm okay giving a little bit of a mulligan this year, at least some time for these guys to adjust once again to a major league season, and I thought he wasn't terrible offensively on the major league level this year not like a drew ellis or andrew young who seemed to just struggle this guy actually was battling and holding his own on the major league level in 2021 so because of that i'm saying perdomo stock is up entering next season and again i'm not sure how good he is defensively at third but the base is wide open. The D-backs are looking for someone to fill that hole. And maybe Perdomo is the answer there. So stock up for Perdomo entering next season. Now, we'll get to second base and catcher for the D-backs. Stock up, stock down addition. But does this sound familiar? Excuse me. I got to know. Let me start over. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. 
It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod and let's continue the game of stock up, stock down. Second base edition. I want to first start with the man, the myth, the legend, that old cliche phrase that people love to say that I love to say because I'm the cliche man. And I want to talk about Ketel Marte, whose stock is undoubtedly going up. Stock is undoubtedly rising and going higher and almost too expensive to even buy because Ketel Marte, listen, I know he only played 90 games in 2021, but when he played in those games, seriously, I thought Ketel Marte might have been the best player in baseball. You could say Otani, Vlad Guerrero Jr. I won't disagree with any of those. Juan Soto, of course, but Ketel Marte legit looked like an MVP when he played 318 average, over 900 OPS, and 14 home runs in the 90 games he played. He seriously looked like the 2019 self uh, 2019 version of himself and he finished top five in MVP MVP voting in 2019 if this dude can stay healthy next year play between 140 and 150 games there's not a doubt in my mind Ketel Marte will finish top five in MVP voting in 2022 and I'm not even going to be surprised if he finishes fourth like he did in 2019 or even higher like third second or first because let's remember Voters don't care about record anymore. Toss it out. You look at the American League, all those players didn't make the playoffs. You look at the National League, all those MVP finalists didn't make the playoffs. It does not matter what your record is anymore. If Ketel Marte has a season like he did in 2019, or you prorate his 2021 season over 155 games, Ketel Marte will be in the MVP conversation. It doesn't matter if the D-backs are fighting for the number one pick in the MLB draft. The voters have said they don't care about records, so Ketel Marte has a chance of taking home the MVP award in 2022, and his stock is undoubtedly on the rise, baby. But now, I'm going to talk about a man whose stock is, I think, trending downward, and I'm not even sure why he played so much for the D-backs in 2021, and that is Josh Van Meter. I'm sorry for the Van Meter truthers out there, but I am just not a fan of this guy. He had 11 errors when playing second or third base. He was atrocious defensively and offensively. He might have been just as bad. 651 OPS, 212 average in 112 games. Struck out around 27% of the time. Why was this guy playing this much? I really don't know. The only reason I have is because the D-backs were trying to tank and get the number one pick and they still weren't able to do that. Josh Van Meter, your stock is down. I'm not a big fan of you or your game. You seem like a great guy, but if the D-backs ever want to compete, they got to let you go, my friend. Next up, Josh Rojas, who I believe stock is up right now. Third on the team in OPS with 752 OPS in 2021. He's been playing better than what I thought 
we would get out of him when he came over from the Astros because I considered him just a throw-in piece in that Astros deal for Zach Greinke, but he's improved since the first two years where he looked kind of lost at the plate, really just looked overmatched, but now he's actually a decent hitter. Still not a great hitter, but he did have a little month stretch there where he seemed to be on fire. He's a guy who's going to be entering his late 20s or he's going to be turning 28, so he could be entering the prime of his career. Maybe a breakout season is on the horizon. I'm not thinking like 30-30 guy, Josh Rojas, but maybe this is an 18 home run kind of guy. 14 stolen bases, 270 average, 350 OBP, 815 OPS. Like just an overall really good season, really productive player, a winning player, more of a winning player than he is right now. I think there is still some untapped potential there where Josh Rojas, and he played really well when he manned right field this past season, which is I think going to be his position for him going forward because I think the D-backs kind of want to move Ketel Marte back to second base and it doesn't look like Cole Calhoun is coming back next season either so Josh Rojas who batted 355 with 1009 OPS and over 100 at bats as a right fielder that could be his spot going forward again gonna be entering his late 20s around 28 years old so I like Josh Rojas right now he could be entering the prime of his career maybe a breakout season is on the horizon so for all those reasons I just listed Josh Rojas his stock is up and then the last player I have is a catcher and that is Carson Kelly and again I'm picking these players. I don't think I mentioned this. I'm picking all the players today based off the active roster. So not guys who made an impact on the D-backs last year, but guys who made an impact last year and are currently on the active roster. So Carson Kelly is the only catcher, I believe, currently on the active roster. I looked at it before I did this pod. I, before I did this pod. I don't believe there were any other catchers besides Carson Kelly. So Carson Kelly, his stock is also up offensive numbers have improved across the board from 2020 looked like a beast in the first half this past season before injuries made defensive strides in 2021 in 2021 as well already an above average offensive catcher but he's continuing to get better in that area as well if you take away his 2020 season he's basically been an above average offensive catcher and defensive catcher the last two years if we don't count 2020 at 27 years old this could be the breakout Carson Kelly season that would that we've been waiting for kind of like what we saw in the first half of 2021 but over the course of a full 145 game season for Carson Kelly so I'm not trying to get rid of him I know a lot of writers out there are saying it's might it might be time for the D-backs to trade Carson Kelly because uh the free agent market for catchers is thin and yada yada I don't care the D-backs should not trade Carson Kelly and one other thing I like how Carson Kelly has not Care that Dalton Varsho had just been kind of looming in the shower, uh, in the shadows. I almost said showers. That would be pretty weird and creepy if Dalton Varsho would just creep in on Carson Kelly in the showers. But in the shadows, Dalton Varsho has had a lot of hype, a lot of praise. The fan base, of course, has loved Dalton Varsho for what he's done in the minor leagues and have wanted to see him on the major league level at maybe the cost of a Carson Kelly. But that has not bothered Carson Kelly. He's gone out there, he's produced, and he's been a very productive catcher for the D-backs. And it, it seems like mentally, Dalton Varsho hasn't really affected a Carson Kelly. And I think those two can thrive together in a lineup. Two elite stud offensive catchers. One, as an athletic freak, and Dalton Varsho can play the corner outfield and play almost every position it feels like. So I'm liking Carson Kelly. I think there this could be a guy 
who has a breakout season on the horizon and not like a Josh Rojas where I said like 20, where I said like 18 home runs and 58, 15 OPS. No, a Carson Kelly breakout season could be 25 to 30 home runs, a 900 OPS. Like the ceiling for Carson Kelly is one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. And because of that, what I saw from him in the first half of 2021, the stock is up for Carson Kelly because the ceiling is, I don't know, what what's that phrase? What, I need a cliche here. The ceiling is the roof, is the sky, whatever. There's no ceiling for Carson Kelly because he can continue to improve. There's so much untapped, unlocked potential with Carson Kelly. I think this guy could be a a multi-time perennial all-star if he puts it all together. We've already seen flashes. And because of all that, Carson Kelly, his stock is up and he shouldn't go anywhere this offseason. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I could not do this podcast without you. So thank you. Go make your second listen. Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. And of course, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. We'll probably be doing part two of this stock up, stock down edition, talking about the outfielders and probably some pitchers as well. And of course, for anyone out there, what do I always say at the end of these pods? Just please, please, please stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!